Hey there, guys, and welcome into another episode of Maroon and Bold. I'm your host and sports editor, Austin Chastain, alongside in the Zoom call with Christian Boer. Christian, how are things going for you, man? Not too bad, man. Ready to get cracking. It's football season. I was just going to say, I mean, we're, we're, it, seems, it seems weird. We're closing in on the end of the fall semester. Well, I guess it is 2020. Everything's weird now. You know what I mean? But yep. we're, close, we're closing in on the end of the semester. And we're also closing in on the beginning of football season. Central Michigan, it's it's finally here. It's game week. I mean, we we have we have football and and well, so this is going up on Monday. So we've got football in two days <laughs> over over there in Kelly Short Stadium, right across the street. I mean, it's 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 here. You know, it's here, man. I mean, what what more is there to say? I mean, how how excited are you that I mean, we are just mere hours away from kickoff of a football season that we never thought would ever happen. I mean, it's kind of crazy looking back on where we were a couple of months ago to where we are now. Uh, just the, the thought of even having any football anywhere in August was remotely insane. Uh, but now, you know, you've seen people be able to do it. It is a little bit concerning what's going on in the Big Ten. And, um, you know, you had a game canceled there, and it's just a matter of staying healthy and keeping things together, keeping your squad together and keeping them out of, uh, out of harm's way. And so it'll be interesting to see how they, they handle it. But in terms of, you know, pure excitement, I'm as excited as anybody on this earth, I think, for football because I, you know how I am. I absolutely love the game. And to get a chance to watch it is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and you – I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm excited to get the season started. And yeah, I mean, there is some concern, of course. I mean, but my thing is, it seems like that all the, all the issues with COVID-19 that we've seen in college football hasn't been spread on the field. The NFL you could, could have some questions about, but in terms of college football, I don't think we've seen any, any, you know, Wisconsin, for example, I haven't heard any tests come out of Illinois. No, they right? all tested any, negative. Right. And, and many of these other college programs that are having problems, um, you know, uh, well, Florida comes to mind immediately because my, my, my family um, has, a, has an interest in the Gators. And they've they've had thirty I think thirty six positive tests just this month alone, and they I mean they haven't played. See, so like I said, it's Monday, so they'll they'll play this Saturday for the first time in three weeks. Yep, I think yeah that's yeah that math that math works out right yeah. Against Texas A and M in College Station, which was uh, I think a forty one thirty eight loss for the Gators. Anyway, that part doesn't matter, um, but. It was after that game, that Texas A&M game, that we heard of all the positive tests coming out of Gainesville, but I didn't hear any problems with Texas A&M. Um, yeah. there, were, there were some positive tests at Alabama after they played Texas A&M. No problems for Texas A&M. That is weird. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it, you know, it is it is concerning, um, but I I think that everyone's trying to do this as safely as they possibly can. Uh, I know there are a lot of skeptics out there, um, but you know what? I don't get paid the big bucks to make these decisions, to voice my opinion, anything like, well, I guess voicing my opinion is part of my job, but 
um, to make these calls to all, do all that. That's not, that's not, I don't get, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I don't get paid the big bucks to make those decisions. Um, however, uh, Christian, we, we can talk football. We can talk about the actual play on the field. Uh, we don't have to, we won't, we won't worry about, about coronavirus um, at this exact moment, because as of right now, there will be football in Kelly short stadium in just a couple of days, the Ohio Bobcats coming in 7 PM kick on Wednesday night, little action for you to get the season started. Um, Chippewas lead the series actually going back to 1972. The Chippewas lead at 25 to two or 25, five and two, excuse me. Um, Chippewas won four straight in this series. Um, they haven't played since 2017. Um, but you know, 13, 14, and it looks like 2016. Chippewas got, got the win, got the job done each time. But, um, in terms of the 2020 game, Christian, what, um, what are you looking for? I mean, what what is there to know about Ohio, um, and you know what kind of matchups should CMU be looking for? Well, I think it's going to start at the skill positions on both sides because Ohio secondary is is all right, but you know you talk we can talk ad nauseum and we pretty much have about all the guys that Central's bringing back. But Ohio's got some baller, ballers of their own coming back as well. They're bringing back almost all the receivers, all the running backs that contributed last year are back, and really they've just got a. a you know, they've got all sorts of weapons at their disposal. The only thing that they don't have right now is a defined quarterback. They've got two guys in the running. They've got Nathan Rourke's little brother, Curtis Rourke, and then Armani Rogers as well. Rogers is a little bit more mobile. And I was talking to J.L. Curvin, who is the uh, sports editor over at the Athens Post, which is the uh, the Ohio University newspaper. And he was telling me that um, they're probably going to see them both. We're probably going to see both quarterbacks on Wednesday. Uh, but he thinks that the, the edge leans towards Rodgers at this very moment because of how well he can move. And, you know, they lost a little bit up front on the offensive line. So his ability to move the pocket and keep the play alive is important to their game plan. And then um, O'Shawn Allison, their starting running back, has been dealing with a little bit of an injury in fall camp. So he probably won't be 100% coming into Wednesday's game, but there's a good chance that he plays. Fair enough. It's not- all sounds pretty good, like good insight. I mean, from what I remember, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't know Ohio all that, all that well. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, but it sounds like they're pretty balanced team. Sounds like they, you know, can sling the rock a little bit. They can tote the rock a little bit. Um, they've obviously had some success with Frank Solich being the Mid American Conference leader in wins, actually surpassing Herb Duramity last football season. Um. So I mean, it sounds like it sounds like that they have, like you said. I mean, they they lost some got some talent up front, um, lost their longtime starting quarterback. But that I mean, that's college football that happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely think it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on, just to see how how young maybe this Ohio team is. Because I mean, we we don't we don't we, I mean hell we don't know what what Central Michigan's gonna look like. We have a good idea. But um, we we actually haven't been able to to uh, take a peek at any practices just with some of the protocols and stuff. They don't they don't they're not allowing external external media there. So um, so we really haven't had a chance to see uh, any of this cross training stuff that they that Jim McElwain's been talking about. We haven't been able to see um, you know just maybe how how far you know some of the wide receivers have come um, in the off season. 
one thing, Christian, it's a pretty big thing. Um, I wanted to touch on. Then um, on Thursday, Jim McElwain talked about uh, quarterback situation uh, for for Central Michigan, and I, I I said last week that it you know it's it's should be cut and dry for David Moore. Yeah, year is up. Let him play. Obviously, that is not the case. Uh, there is still some question, some um, speculation as to whether he'll be able to play or not. Um, CMU, like like we said last week, CMU's done everything it needs to do to get him back on the field. Now it's just up to the NCAA, and God knows how long that's going to take. But uh, on Thursday, there was a, a Mac Media, a Mac Media Day Zoom call with all. Um, six West division head coaches. So of course, McElwain included. Um, and uh, when asked, I mean, he's, he McElwain straight up said, yeah, we, we don't have any updates on David Moore, but um, if he's unable to play confirmed our discussion here before Daniel Richardson will be the starter for central Michigan. If David Moore is not able to go and it, and chances are he probably won't be able to given the NCAA's track record of, you know, getting stuff done. Not, I'm sorry, but there's little chance that it'll be happen. So it will be Daniel Richardson um, starting at quarterback again, unless David Moore is able to go. And there will be a package, more of a run package in there for Ty Brock, the graduate transfer from Sam Houston state. We Christian and we I th- we've talked about it on here before. You and I have talked about it. God knows how many times, what a million times, just just in um, you know, and and hanging out over text, or whatever. But it's confirmed. Daniel Richardson is the starter with that kind of run package, similar to what they did last year with Tommy Lazaro for Ty Brock. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think it's all that surprising. I think that these guys love Daniel Richardson. I think that McElwain, you know, I had a chance to listen to the Coach Mack show last week with uh, when they had actually Richardson on, and McElwain talked a little bit about how he was, you know, he loved what he saw from Richardson all the way back when Daniel was probably a freshman or a sophomore in high school coming to the seven-on-seven camp at Florida, and his team won the whole thing. And I think that's kind of when McElwain was like, wow, this is my dude. Um, and then obviously he wasn't the head coach of Florida anymore. And then coming back to Michigan and apparently one of the first phone calls he made as soon as he took the job was to, to Carroll city high school to get Daniel Richardson. And, you know, it worked out. This is a guy they want playing quarterback and the, the cards are, are stacked now to where the point where he's probably going to get that chance. And it's just a matter of whether or not he's ready. Really. I think that they feel very confident in his ability to go out there and throw the football around and then, you know, obviously the run package for Ty Brock, I think that's a good way to use him. You know, he's got good wheels. I've watched a little bit of his tape, and he's got the ability to move around. He's had some leg trouble in the past, some ankle trouble. Uh, but if he's able to stay healthy, he'll be able to do just fine back there. So I think that two-headed monster is going to be interesting to see how it develops. But at the end of the day, it's going to be Richardson's show. You know, nine plays out of ten. He's going to be the guy out there taking the snap, and it'll be really interesting to see what the playbook looks like. I – you know, they've been talking about him all – ever since the reinstatement, Austin. You know, you and I have been sitting there listening to it. The coaches love Daniel Richardson. They do. They haven't – and it's not been any sort of secret. 
And it sounds like the plan was to turn it over to him at some point. So why not now? No better time than a present. It's a six-game season. Obviously, you're still playing for the championship, but what better way to find out what you got than to throw him in an, in an all-conference slate? You know, he's going to meet the dogs early on. So it'll be really, really interesting to see exactly what this looks like for him. Um, and honestly, personally, I'm a little bit excited to see, you know, what the, what this looks like because anytime you get some new blood in there, we know what we've got in David Moore, and, and David Moore's a good quarterback, but – you know, getting a chance to see the new guy sling it around a little bit is a little bit exciting. It's almost like, you know, when a quarterback or when a team goes to the backup quarterback, there's a saying that goes around football where the, the most popular guy in town is the backup quarterback because he's never done anything wrong. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he does get a look. And I'm, I'm really starting to think uh, it's going to be Wednesday night. It kind of started as a pipe dream, you know, you and I early conversations. You know, David Moore's going to play, but what if – and now all of a sudden here we are and it's looking more and more like it's the exact opposite to where what if David Moore is allowed to play? Right. Exactly that. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and Richardson, I mean, we've, we've talked about it on here again before that Richardson played a lot of in, in garbage time. He didn't really throw much. I think he only threw one pass last year and it was a completion. If I remember right, it was a really weird completion on a sideline where he just kind of like flung it. Yeah. It went for a yard. It, it was kind of yikes, but hey, man, it, it's that's one more Division One completion than I'll ever make in my lifetime. So, um, you know, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it will be interesting to see what he'll be able to do with with more, I guess, freedom. Because, I mean, they didn't really give him much freedom. I mean, he was relaying plays to Quentin Dormady and David Moore and then Dormady again um, last year, Richardson was, I mean. So it, it, it will be pretty interesting to see if they'll allow like what 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 they're going to allow and and just the dynamic with with Brock that running ability that he has i mean it, it, he can sling it too i mean let's not forget that he can throw the ball pretty well right i mean he is a division 1 quarterback after all and then you have to work in the dynamic of oh yeah they're still talking about running a wildcat package with Khalil Pimpleton potentially Darius Bracey. Some news came out today that he's going to shift over to running back. Um, I'll get your thoughts on that in a second, but it's just, it'll be, it's really interesting just because, I mean, you could even potentially have a three quarterback dynamic if more is able to go, but um, with the yeah. two quarterback dynamic, and we've talked about it before on here. I think we talked about it last week, even that just wouldn't work. Um, no, but the two quarterback dynamic, I think that's that's your max, and that's going to be fine. Um, I, I'm not really, I, I I would not be worried for for the Chippewas if you're a fan. Um, I think Daniel Richardson is pretty capable, and it sounds like he's even improved from last year. Um, the only yeah, the only the, the only thing that might be concerning is that he's what like five five ten I think five eleven. Yeah, he's five ten. So he's a little bit on the shorter side, but hey, man, Denard Robinson was, and he was a he was a, a rock star for Michigan. So not comparing those two, I'm just saying, like you know, it's whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, so kind of going back to it, like I said before, I mean, I think we've talked about quarterbacks more than enough uh, this weekend. Last, um, you you got the scoop. You got the scoop today, um, or it's got the sco- you got the scoop on Thursday that um, Darius Bracey is going to be moving from the defensive side of the ball 
to running back full-time, adding some depth in the Chippewa offensive backfield rather than the defensive. Yeah, and this is a move that, and this might be kind of a hot take here, but I didn't think it was all that surprising. I think he kind of hung around in the defensive backfield. Remember, he's an offensive player by trade. He comes in here and as a quarterback, and they shift him over to the defensive side of the ball because that's where they needed help, and his skill set fit the bill there. But now they've got two, three, three transfers who they really like in Brian Edwards, Richard Bowens, and Deshaun McNary. McIlwain loves those three guys. And, you know, you can only have, what, maximum three cornerbacks on the field right now. You're not going to move Bracey to safety. Um, I guess you could get – I mean, you could move him to safety, but then he'd be up behind Alonzo McCoy and Kresge and Willie Reed and Devani Reed and maybe even Rolian Sturkey. So you're not going to move him to safety. Um, you've only got two, two bona fide running backs. You've only seen really – something out of one of those running backs. So why not go and slide him over to where he can use his athletic ability? Another guy they really like in that defensive backfield is Damon Hill, the true freshman from Florida. I think he's going to see a lot of time on Wednesday night as well. I keep wanting to say Saturday night, but it's Wednesday night. Um, <laughs> but Darius Bracey is, you know, he's a, he's too good of an athlete to where you can't have him on the field in some capacity. So all this move the running back does is just gives him another opportunity to get on the field. It's not going to be at corner. He's not going to have to tackle anybody. But it's a chance to get the ball in his hands a little bit. Uh, I know they mentioned that they moved Zaire Swan to, from slot to running back. But that poor kid's only about 5'7", you know, a buck fifty soaking wet right now. So if you're going to throw him in a, and give him, you know, a, a solid – Two, second or third running backs workload of carries. You're talking eight, maybe 10 carries a game. I don't know if he's ready for that workload, workload right out of the chute. Eventually down the road, yeah, I mean, he's got really good speed. But right away, this kind of makes it easier on him. Bracey's got two years left. Why not give him a crack at running back, get him a shot in the backfield? And obviously he's probably going to take some snaps too, like you mentioned. So this, this is an interesting dynamic, but it's not a move that's that surprising to me just because of all the guys they brought in in the secondary over the past couple of off-seasons and uh, what they've been able to show apparently in practice. We haven't got the chance to watch him yet with uh, outside of the one game with McNary, but it'll be very interesting to see what happens on, on Wednesday night, especially against a good Ohio receiving core. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it will be interesting because, I mean, obviously when you – because they're already down on numbers, and McElwain has said it a million times, but they're, they're obviously down on numbers. They they lost, I think, what, 16 freshmen? The gray-shirted 16 14. freshmen? 14? Yeah, some 14, 16, in that range somewhere. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's, that's a pretty significant loss. I mean, they had a couple of true freshmen last year start, especially in the defensive backfield, so – when you're already down on numbers and you're kind of shifting guys around like that, um, you're obviously taking, but I, I mean, like you said, I think they're set at corner. Um, yeah, they're pretty deep. They're pretty deep at corner. They needed space at running back or they needed to add depth at running back. Why not do it in, in you know, internally just move, move one guy to the other side of the ball. You know, and like well, you said, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that, you know, you've got one day uh, DeMarcus governor, enters the transfer portal. He's another corner. And then the next day, Darius Bracey is a running back. Um, that just, to me, shows 
that Jim McElwain has found his guys at corner. He's found his dudes that he wants to roll with. And it's like, okay, you can either, you know, stay here and sit, or you can go find another opportunity, whether it be in a different position or at a different school. And um, I think that's what what happened in both of those scenarios. But that, to me, says a lot, not just about the, the guys that come in, the new transfers, but also about Damon Hill. I mean, this is a kid who was a pretty highly touted recruit. He was the number two recruit in the class behind Jordan Ingram, who's going to join the team in January. He was one of the holdouts. And this, to me, says that Hill has jumped all these guys in terms of depth chart ratings. And that, to me, is impressive, especially with a short and fall camp. I mean, and that might be a hot take from me, but he's not the one switching positions. And I, I get it. He's a, a true freshman, so they've got a little bit more time with him. But at the same time, Darius Bracey would be playing ahead of him if he was, in my opinion, if he was a better corner, he would be playing. He would still be a corner and he would be ahead of Damon Hill. And because he's not a, a corner anymore, that to me just says that this freshman is out there outworking everybody. Because if you scan this, this roster at corner, it's Edwards, McNary, Bowens, and Brandon Brown, and Damon Hill. And then a couple of the guys like Tyrese Wynn, who wasn't with the squad last year, his he could be either way. We really haven't got to see got to see where they're going to use him this year, but everybody else is safety. So it'll be interesting because, I mean, you saw you you saw what you're going to get out of Brandon Brown. He wasn't spectacular, but he also wasn't bad. But at the same time, I mean, this Damon Hill kid, nothing but good things out of him. And I mean, I'm interested to see how they use him. Friday night, and I know McElwain – or Friday night. What is this, high school? Hey, but you – you're, hey, you're just getting ready for, for Reed City, bro. I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. My first playoff game tomorrow, play-by-play. Play, but um, There you go. You know, the whole thing with that is it kind of is like a high school team where you're using your best 11 on both sides of the ball. Now, granted, you've got a lot more players than the average high school team, but still, you see how many guys flip-flop. Norman Anderson flip-flop. He's now a wide receiver. Bracey's a running back now. You've got guys working on both sides of the ball. And McElwain's just doing the best he can with the numbers that he has. So in, in Michigan, it would be like a Class A football team where you've got this many bodies. Why not use them all? And so you're going to see guys all over the place. I know McElwain mentioned on one of his Coach Max shows that, you know, Dante Kent and Damon Hill, two freshmen, he said they've been working, getting handoffs out of the backfield. It's like – Okay, but at the same time, whatever you got to do, you got to do it. So, you know, that whole thing, and it, and it all ties back around to Bracey just being the latest um, spoke on that wheel of the changing positions, just, you know, constantly turning. So it'll be interesting to see how all that gets handled. <laughs> you talking about all these, all this movement. And I, I just want to say to the statisticians for – any game CMU is involved with this year, good luck. I'm sorry. Like, like, like I feel for you. Uh, but man, I, I would not be excited <laughs> to, to, to deal with all the different, um, you know, participation and, and all the carries and stuff that, that you have to deal with as a statistician. So that's just one of the weird things that I think about, but man, good, good, good luck. Um, and especially like with all the challenges that we have with, 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 that we're going to see with, with COVID and, and, and whatnot, man, just, I'm, 
Good. Best of luck. I, I, you know, if there's anything we can do to help you, like we, we I wish we could help you, but it is, it is what That's it is, man. That's why they got the bigger letters on the back of their jerseys now. Right. Yeah, they got the bigger number. At least, at least they have the the different numbers. At least it's easier to see. The the numbers are going to be a lot easier to see. The the I don't know what the 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 nameplate on the back looks like, but that you know kind of doesn't matter. Um, no, it does, but it doesn't. Um, <laughs> man, this is this is going to be fun, man. This is going to be it's going to be wild from the opening kick from or the opening kick on Wednesday night to whenever the season's done, be it the MAC championship game, be it a bowl game, be it them saying, you know what? Screw it. We're done. You know, like they could just do that. Um, I, I would be remiss to not add uh, a couple of things uh, from what commissioner John Steinbrecher said on Thursday in the, in the Mac media call. Um, one of the more important things in terms of eligibility for the championship game that whatever um, you have to win, you have to play three games, at least three games. So it's a minimum play half the season. Any tiebreakers would be decided by winning percentage. So a four and record would be a better than a four and one record for obvious reasons. So, you know, so say example, CMU only plays three games, but wins all three of them. And for example, Western Michigan plays six games, but only wins three. CMU would get the nod ahead of Western in that regard. Um, And then they would, there's a large, a long series of tiebreakers. Um, One of them, of course, is head to head. If the two teams did in fact play. Um, So it's, it's, you know, I applaud the conference for kind of outlining everything in terms of how they're going to try to go about this whole season. Um, and, you know, I, like Christian said in the open, I mean, it's we've seen some problems in the Big Ten, which didn't allow the schedule for a bye week. The Mac hasn't or Mac's done the same thing, you know, six games, no bye week. Um, so any game that would have to get canceled would just be deemed a no contest and they just move on. Um, that said, um, I got some hard figures from Steinbrecher that he said, if a, the, they're, the main thing is a positivity rate, right? That, you know, whatever we talk about positivity rates on the news and stuff, but um, he said that a five positive, 5% positivity rate among the team, among the, just the, the players and a 7.5% positivity rate among the entire team party. So coaches, um, staffers, I'm not 100% sure if that also means the like bands and stuff, but I would think that it's travel party. Um, both of those figures have to be hit to have a team not eligible to go play, which would trigger a no contest, which would, you know, can't or which trigger a shutdown of the game, a cancellation of the game, therefore being a no contest. Sorry, I tripped over my words there. It happens. Um, so that said, you know, and he, he didn't, uh, so I actually asked him directly about um, 
in terms of institution, because I mean that that part of that's part of it. Um, but he and he said that there was no um, figure for the institution itself unless it got like obscenely bad, right? Um, yeah. So and and you could argue that if the the rate is bad on campus, that it would kind of trickle over to the football team as well. So that I guess that's kind of where that that thought process is. So, um, and he did mention that you have to have, I think we've talked about it before that you have to have at least what one quarterback, um, enough players for both the offensive and defensive line. Uh, is that, is that right? I actually can't remember off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. So you, you need all that. And if you're not able to have that, then that would also trigger a shutdown, um, and a no contest. So that's why I think that, um, cross training that that CMU was doing actually is going to end up could potentially save some games if you know you know god forbid that there is an outbreak among the team um i mean obviously you want everyone to be safe you want everyone to be healthy but if you know if you're looking at it from a football a football lens then obviously that's where your thought process is so all that said i i, I think realistically I think CMU can play all six games. Just, I mean, obviously yeah. it depends on what the other teams do, but um, from CMU's part of it, I think they're going to do everything that they need to do to be able to go out and play this entire season. Now it's just in the hands of the other five teams. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it all cracks out, but at the end of the day, football's football, man. And as long as everybody can stay healthy, hopefully we can get through this. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's it it will be fun. Um, I'm you know I'm hoping that we'll be able to um, make our way to DeKalb, Ypsilanti, and Toledo, the three road games for Central Michigan this year at Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, and Toledo. Um, I think that you know it would be man, it, this season's going to be unforgettable for a lot of reasons. Um, but I think mainly just the fact that we're going to have it. it. Just the fact that there will actually be football this year. I think that's going to be the unforgettable part of it. Um, any Anything we have after that is just a bonus, you know? Um, oh, man. Before we go, give me expectations season opener, big night game in Kelly shorts. ESPN is going to be there. It's on the mothership. Give me some expectations and give me a prediction. Man. I mean, I was set with the trip coming out and kind of laying the lumber to Ohio, you know, expecting that David Moore would be the guy to play, but you know, I think things get a little bit tighter now. If you got to go with Richardson, I think it, I, this isn't saying that Richardson's going to come out and play poorly. I think he'll do just fine, but I think that it's one of those things where could go either way. This one could go either way. I think early on Ohio's bringing back a lot. Um, if they get good quarterback play central might be in trouble because of all the weapons they have out on the outside. It's going to be a lot of pressure on central Michigan's front four to get to the quarterback early. Uh, especially against this Armani Rogers who can really make plays. You're going to have to not just get to him. You're going to have to keep him in the pocket and make sure you really get him down. Cause I mean, he could slip out of a tackle and run for 20 yards. 
So with that being said, I think that it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle, but at the end of the day, man, I think a home field advantage helps regardless of how many fans there are. There'll probably be like 50 there. What is it like two per player to parents? Yes. Family Parent, members. Yes. It was announced on Thursday that parents will be allowed. Um, I've seen rumors that the band will be there. Uh, new athletic director, Amy Follin actually tweeted out. Um, Great to see the the marching band. Can't wait to see them in person in, in the, in the football stadium. I mean, that's nope. paraphrasing, but so the band will be there. There will be some fans. There'll be parents. Um, that just goes by institution, but yeah, that's going to be exciting. There will actually be some, some um, realistic crowd noise. And we kind of had that same experience um, in Cleveland with the Mac tournament where parents were allowed. Uh, and of course, uh, essential game day staff and media were all allowed. Uh, no bands. Yes. So that was a little different, but with the band, in, with the band there, the band going to be there on Wednesday night. I think it's going to be, it might be one of the most electric college football atmospheres <laughs> we've, we've seen. Oh, yeah. and, and so far, well, I guess this season, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. It's going to, it's going to be weird, but again, it's 2020. Everything's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, no, yeah. Um, and ter- I'll give a quick prediction myself. Um, I, I think Richardson will play well. But I think he'll struggle a little bit. I think that quarterback dynamic of Richardson and Brock will do will do well enough. I think they're they're going to be fine. Uh, it's kind of the same thing like I like we've been saying with Dormady and Lazaro late last year. Um, but yeah, I mean Ohio's Ohio's uh, threats all over the offense. Um, it's good. It's going to make it a really good game. It's going to make it a great Wednesday night action game. Um, I like, and I, it could be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. Give me the Chippewas, 37 34. Um, I don't remember what I put in our predictions in the, uh, in the, in the, in the print product, in the print piece a couple of weeks ago, but um, I, I think 37 34, CMU wins it. Um, and, and I'm in the same boat as you. I think it would have been a little bit wider margin if David Moore were able to play, but, um, and, you know, yeah. we, who knows? We could wake up Wednesday morning and hear David Moore is eligible. All right, shit, let's go. <laughs> you know? So, you know, that prediction yeah. could completely change, you know, just hours before kickoff. So it's exciting to say the least. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to bring the season to you guys. Uh, so make sure you follow along with us. Uh, you can find Christian at Seaboer underscore and find me Chastain AJ, both on Twitter you follow along with us at CM Life Sports on Twitter, at CM Life on Twitter, on Central Michigan Life on Facebook. Uh, make sure you follow along with all of our podcasts. I think we have, I think we have four podcasts now. Uh, we might be adding a fifth, maybe even a sixth. Another, a, a familiar sports podcast might be coming back. So just keep your eyes and and ears open and ready for that. Uh, we'll keep you updated as we go along. And as always, make sure you follow along on cm-life.com for all of your Chippewa sports coverage and, of course, coverage throughout CMU and Mount Pleasant community. I think that just about wraps it up. Christian, any any final thoughts after I plug the socials? No, sir, man. All right. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in, for, for watching here on YouTube or listening, however you are consuming this podcast. We really appreciate it. 
and we will talk to you guys again Wednesday night. Make sure you follow. Make sure you follow along with us on social media because then we'll we'll be able to talk again on Wednesday night when we meet again. <laughs>